Welcome to the Happy Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Spector, and we're here to explore the latest in positive education technology. Okay, Robin, thank you so much for joining me today on the Happy Tech Podcast. Well, thanks for inviting me, Amy. Yeah, so we have with us Robin Lilly, and she is a teacher who has been using positive psychology in her classroom, but I've invited her here today to talk about how she is using the Headspace app at home with her daughter, because she's really um, using it in a very innovative way that I think will help others um, get creative and connect with their children more. Um, But first, Robin, I wanted to start off just hearing, um, how did you get involved with positive psychology? Um, I was introduced to positive psychology by my own therapist. Um, she, uh, told me about the Geelong grammar school experiments and some of the work that was being done by Martin Seligman. And so I looked into that, found an article that they had published about the work that they were doing there. And from there got excited about other things. I stumbled across IPIN um, and some of the books that he had read that Seligman had written um, and went on, on the IPIN website. And I signed up for the manifesto and then saw the Festival of edu- Education. That was the first festival of positive education. I can't talk. Um, and then from there, took it on um, as a, a charge. What can I do? to help my own students in my classroom. Um, But honestly, I think the positive education and my efforts to work with students and employ positive education strategies probably benefited me as much, if not more, than my students, to be completely honest with you. Um, Yeah, and so the Headspace app is part of that. Yeah. Can can you say a little bit more about how you've benefited from employing positive psychology and positive education in your own classroom? Well, I think as teachers, we tend to learn best by teaching. I mean, in many ways, it's always been my view that when I'm trying to explain something and articulate something, I understand it better. And so every time I'm trying to explain something to students, I understand it in a new and different way. And the same thing worked with positive uh, education and positive psychology. So I was using the ideas of Sean Aker, um, the happiness researcher at Harvard, um, and he gave a list of the five most effective research-based ways to affect positive change. And so I adapted those five ways to activities that I did in my own classroom. And uh, again, ultimately, initially, the goal was to help my students build their resilience and have them have some skills that I had been personally practicing trying to mitigate my own anxiety and depression issues. Um, But in actually teaching them to the students and then practicing them several times a day with my students, I think I gained even more benefit. So part of it was this dynamic of understanding and practicing, but then practicing with others by teaching them. And then I it reinforced practices. And so it was definitely a win. It sounds like a really amazing upward spiral where you were starting something. It started small and 
it grew. And as you were doing it, you, you of course, had the benefit of doing it multiple classes a day, whereas your students were just getting that one intervention, you know, interaction with you and in, uh, in your classroom, but you got to do it with every classroom. So so you kind of got um, uh, a win in that way of, of having it multiple times a day. But also, like you said, it's just such a great way to learn to teach others. So I think that's really important because it, it shows, you know, you really don't have to be an expert going in. You can be trying this out and and discovering it for yourself. And then it really kind of builds upon itself. And as you gain the confidence and the competence and see the benefits from it, that just creates that um, motivation and example for your students as well. Um, and they, they be, I imagine, just become even more engaged when they see you calm and happy and less anxious and benefiting. Um, they want more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely think that there's an authenticity involved um, by being a practitioner and, and also being willing to say, um, for one example, one of the activities that I would do with my students was a gratitude practice, three good things, where we would write down three good things that happened in the last 24 hours. And I tell them, you know, this is probably going to feel really contrived initially. It it feels forced. It feels fake. Why do I have to do this? I said, when I first started this, when I was first tasked with doing this, um, that's how I felt. I felt like it was really fake and false, but something shifts over time in doing this practice where you start to count your blessings in a way that you weren't doing before. So even with, you know, working with my students, I would do three good things in the morning, I'd do three th- good things, second period, and then third period. And so I had nine good things. And that practice, that is, it's like really learning to appreciate things and then particularly on those days when you're just like, nothing is good, everything sucks. Um, but but to be able to look and go, I have a roof over my head. I have clean water. I, you know, I mean, if you even if you have to reach for it, in some ways when you have to reach for it, it's even more necessary. So definitely reinforced um, the need for gratitude, which that, again, was that upward spiral. It benefited me tremendously. And I was, again, be able to, to be authentic with my stu- students and saying, look, I know how this feels because I practice it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I think, too, um, it's so important. Um, we, You and I both work with teenagers, high school students, and are the parents of teenage, each have a teenager at home. I've got two at home. You've got one. Um, I think that's really important, too, just for anybody listening to realize that at first there may be some eye rolling and some, hey, I don't want to do that. That sounds dorky. This feels stupid. Um, and you're right. It really does. Um, if you're authentic with it and you're like, you know, you're aligned with it and you're practicing it and doing it and seeing the benefits, eventually they'll come on board, too, and, and get past that initial stage of oh, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? You know, <laughs> And just keep keep going. Persevere. Show your show your grit in presenting it. Right. They start to see the, the changes that it are happening in you. Um, you know, that's the same for the students. It's the same for your kids. When you're the model, you get to they get to see. Oh, this is working for her, and and, and it's kind of the indirect way because you know we can't always tell them things and have them believe us, but they'll hear the exact thing from someone else, and it's like, oh, I heard, and this is great. And it's like, yeah, I said that last week, but okay, yeah, and that's that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. You're planting seeds, right? All we can do is plant the seeds. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, and that's for me, one of the things I really love about um, things like these apps, like Headspace, is that it, it externalizes it. So even, you know, if I would go to my daughter and say, hey, let's meditate tonight, <laughs> she'd say, no, um, you know, but if, if it's an app and it's fun and engaging, then it might be, yeah, hey, look, I found this really fun app. Let's try it. You know, it's, it's, it's a completely different thing, even though it's the exact same, even if it's the same activity, just the, the delivery of it really does make a difference. And I had tried that with my kids. I had tried the meditation without anything before and it didn't, it, it, it didn't work. They tried, but they're like, yeah, this is boring. I can't sit here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, question. so, um, Oh, no, no, no. That was actually the perfect lead up to my question, which is how did you discover the Headspace app? Um, well, I, I think I was looking for some help with meditation and trying to cultivate a regular practice. It's one of those things that I think since I was 19, so almost 30 years ago, I recognized and had read about and had heard about the value of meditating and just found it so difficult to do. And I did have a, a, a small meditation practice. It was fairly regular before my daughter was born, um, but things get in the way and you stop. And it, but it wasn't a guided meditation, and I wasn't really a big fan of guided meditations. Um, but at the same time, I was, I was like, I need, I knew I needed it. So I, when I got a new phone, I was looking through apps, and I came across Headspace, and I downloaded it. And I think it sat on my phone, just downloaded, sitting there for at least six months, without me ever opening it, or you know, I might have opened it, but I didn't play any meditations. Um, and then, uh, in December of last year, I was reading the book of joy, um, which is a, co a collaboration between, uh, Desmond, Bishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And again, it was like the importance of this meditative prayer practice, I thought, you know, I need to do something. So I picked up the, the, um, headspace. Uh, app and started using it. And it, the one thing that was really wonderful about it is it has these really short ones. So you can start with one minute or three minutes. And I'm thinking I can dedicate three minutes a day to sitting and practicing this. Um, and because it allowed that opportunity I to, to go and start small, um, I built up my practice. And now, you know, I'm 192 days of a regular practice um, thanks to the headspace. Yeah. Well, it, it it helps that it has um, you know the the psychological nudges and the streaks. So you it's 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 one of those things that's kind of a negative, but not really. I mean, it makes me do it. Um, where it it'll it says how many days in a row, how many hours you've meditated, etc., and your average length. And um, I missed a day in February and I had to start over. That was, that was devastating. It's like I had so many days going there. So the app says 179, um, and I, I think I just said 192, but that's because it's really 191 minus that one day that I skipped because I was traveling. Yeah. So the streak, the streak helped helped me become more of a, a regular meditator. But it really has um, this regular meditation, and with his guided. Um, guided meditations um, has really helped me create some space. And I noticed 
um, an increase in the awareness of my own thoughts, of my own mental and physical state. So I, I just feel like there's more there's more space between the way things that happen in my life and my reaction to them. I have time to respond instead of reacting, actually. Um, and I see that in my daughter when I started practicing that with her, that it was it was also improving her. It also helped me to articulate more clearly some of the things that I was trying to explain about mindfulness with my students um, and added new little ways of describing things or strategies that I could give to my students when I was practicing them. They're very short, brief, not really meditations, but mindfulness moments in my own classroom. So it, uh, it's been great. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's given you both the experience, um, of having that spaciousness and mindfulness, and then also a vocabulary, um, because you have the experience, then you're able to talk about it and describe it and, and teach it, um, which is what you want to do as a positive educator, right? Absolutely. And there's another one, there's another one called Calm, um, that I also downloaded, and it's really nice too. Um, I happen to be really attracted to uh, Andy Puttycomb's, uh, his, his British accent. And so there's something about that British accent that's very appealing. Um, and the Calm app has a different voice. And so it's not that the Calm app isn't that isn't good. It's really good. There's actually some great classes on that as well that I've also listened to. But um, I just love the the guy who gives the <laughs> the narration on uh, Headspace. Yeah, I was um, uh, reading about his uh, journey from uh, he was a, a Buddhist monk for many years, and he really does have that calm, centered presence. Um, you can tell that that monk training is in him, and and the British accent, I agree, is fabulous. <laughs> so yeah, just a slightly cockney, so it's not too elevated, too. It's nice. I mean, I don't know if it's cockney, but it's there's something you know that's it's not affected. Yes. Yeah. And it's a real person versus, you know, something like Siri. You can kind of, you can really tell the difference that it's a human being who has spoken these words and who is guiding you, not an AI. Um, so can you tell me just a little bit more about Headspace and, and how it works once you, once you log on to it? Well, it's initially free. Um, and again, you can, cha- you can choose from their, what they call packs. So it would be a series of, say, five or ten different meditations. And then with each of those meditations, you can choose a time length. Um, some of the basic packs when you're first learning, they are from one to three to five, up to ten minutes or 15 minutes. Um, as you progress and, and add different packs, they they don't start with the shorter meditations. They're, they start at ten minutes as the shortest. Um, then they also have these minis, um, which is like a one-minute breathe. Two minute unwind, one minute body scan. Um, those are cool. The, the packs are also organized by different um, areas of focus. So like foundation or health, um, brave building bravery, happiness, work and performance, um, and sports. And then they have singles, which are, are for a variety of different things. Like um, they even have running and cycling, uh, walking, um, but then for those moments, like when you're burned out or feeling overwhelmed or feeling flustered or about to go into an important meeting. And then the one I use with my daughter the most is sleep. So, and they have apps for kids. So initially the, um, that you get some of those for free, it's just enough to suck you in and, and make you sad. 
because um, once I started and I had exhausted all the stuff that was free, I wanted more. And so I actually did end up subscribing. So, but you can get a lot for free and at least see if it's something you would be, you know, willing to commit to. And then you subscribe after that. Oh, the other thing, and this is what my daughter loves about it, is that they have all these little instructive animations. They're about one to two minutes long, and they're really cute and really cool. And um, so that visual explanation is also really helpful um, to explain some of the strategies or give you metaphors for the kind of uh, state of mind. Um, and so the, the uh, animations are also a great part of the overall package in his headspace. Mm-hmm. And um, we should mention too, you and I were recently at the World Positive Education Accelerator in Fort Worth and um, someone from Headspace gave a keynote address and they did mention that educators get a discounted subscription to Headspace. I believe it was a dollar or two dollars a month for the subscription. Um, so that's definitely um, people can go, I imagine, on the Headspace website and check that out or in the App Store and, and figure out how to um, get that discounted rate. If- and I think we're also offering school districts uh, it for free if um, they contacted them, if it was something that as a district they wanted to incorporate into their wellness programs. Right. That's right. He did mention that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's really exciting that um, school districts can have access to this um, and really uh, get, get these, get this incredible product absolutely free. Um, so tell me a little bit, it sounds like you've been using Headspace in two ways for yourself and, um, benefiting you as, um, a mother and then also as a teacher and then using it with your daughter. Can you describe more about how you are using Headspace with your daughter? Started really just using it. Um, they had a, a kid's section and there are different, um, uh, meditations under the kid's section. Um, and it's aged, it's aged appropriate so they have them in age categories um ages five and under ages six to eight and ages nine through twelve um my daughter happens to be seven and so the ones they have for seven-year-olds are appreciation balance happiness calm kindness paying attention waking up and sleep and so we've played i think all of them but the one that she's really taken to is the sleep one and we used to have we would have, you know, we have a bedtime routine um, and I would sit with her or lay with her until she fell asleep. You know, a lot of times I would be ready. To, I mean, I'd fall asleep and she would still be awake an hour later. Um, and the, But the Headspace app with using the sleep one, there's, um, there's only two settings. It's, well, no, I'm sorry, three, two minute, four minute and six minute. We do the six minute one. Um, and I would say... More than nine times out of ten, um, she falls right to sleep as a result to the point where that's like her comfort. Like, okay, can we do headspace now? I'm ready for headspace. Um, And she wants to see she wants to check out all the animations. Initially, that's what she was really drawn to was watching the animations. She didn't care so much about the the meditation. But um, it's become a habit listening to the sleep one now that it's it's a regular part of our bedtime routine. So. That's amazing. I think 
um, so many parents out there um, are struggle with bedtime and having it be a positive ritual and, and an effective one because <laughs> the goal is to get the child to sleep and not the parent. And I certainly remember those days um, myself when my kids were younger of falling asleep well before they did. <laughs> and exactly like you said, wake it up and they're wide awake and you're like, oh, I just took an hour nap. I didn't mean to take it. Yeah. And they, um, the other thing that I found with it, oh, I just lost that train of thought, but it was about how, um, oh, when I was, when I was traveling, um, or when she was traveling, she went on vacation, um, with her dad because we had different spring breaks. And so she had the heads, she had my app on her Kindle and, um, or just played it through the web on her Kindle and was able, that would help her go to sleep. And it was part of our, our connection and our ritual. So even when I wasn't there, it was helpful. Mm-hmm. That's great. So it's like something you guys do together, but then if you are apart for um, any amount of time, she can be accessing that and kind of tapping into that ritual and routine. Great. Um, and you'd mentioned some of the changes that you've noticed for yourself and for her that you have more space between your thoughts now and that you feel like you're more in the space of being able to respond um, versus reacting to um, events as they're happening. Are there any other uh, changes you've noticed for you or your daughter? Um, I think there's a, a language around sometimes about what we're feeling or about our confusion um that the language of the meditations have provided us maybe not necessarily directly related to the meditations but maybe it's more my um, own explorations but being able to um ask her the kinds of questions like how are you feeling and then her being able to to articulate um i'm feeling kind of stressed and and getting digging deeper into what's the source of that and how the thoughts relate to it um, an awareness of thoughts or awareness of physical and, and mental states, I think has been, um, it's hard to say if it comes from the work with Headspace, but it definitely seems uh, correlated, if not causative, where she's, able, she's better able to articulate some of the things that she's thinking and feeling. That's really so encouraging to hear, um, especially for you know, someone, a seven-year-old to be able to be developing that vocabulary and that emotional fluency um, and that awareness of thoughts and to be able to articulate what she's thinking and feeling is just, you know, that, that, again, one of the goals of positive education is really to give students that, um, that language and that fluency and that comfort with, hey, this is where I am in the moment. It's not, you know, hey, you're going to feel happy all the time. That's an unrealistic goal, but but rather, you know, hey, this is this is what you're feeling. This is what it, you know, what is happening when you're feeling this way, and just to be able to describe that so that um, so they they know. Um, just to recognize that it's a changing state, that these are that these um, that our emotions come and go, and to be able to sit with it rather than shoving it away. Um, learning the language of of um, resistance, you know, resisting and how that can create even more stress. Um, rather than just recognizing, hey, I'm really sad. I'm going to allow myself to feel this. I'm not going to feed it anymore, but I'm going to allow myself to feel this. And that's that awareness. I think is um, really, really important to re- have them recognize that you're not always going to feel like this. For example, my son, my son just had jaw surgery um, last week and um, was in a 
tremendous amount of pain initially, but actually just really miserable. So swollen and uncomfortable and not able to breathe comfortably and not able to get his body comfortable and, you know, recovering from anesthesia and from, uh, you know, he's taken the, the Tylenol with codeine medication initially and that fogginess. And so I tried the, um, there's a, there are pain ones, um, meditations on headspace as well. And um, played a couple of those, and he said that they really did help him calm down, um, kind of refocus, um, and move through some of the anxiety that the pain was causing. Um, and then he started using he started using the sleep ones as well, the adult sleep ones. So so now I've got them both hooked. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love it. I love that he's getting benefit too. And, you know, sometimes it does take a moment of stress or pain or, you know, like a, a negative event to kind of jumpstart a, a positive habit like this. But yeah. Yeah. Well, since you are an educator, I'd love to hear how you think um, an app like Headspace or any of these other positive ed apps um, can can fit into the positive education. Um, I think... There's really all of this to me is twofold. Um, I think when it comes to um, being able to teach students how to take care of themselves and how to um, to really practice or to to learn how to live a full life, a wholehearted life, um, both academically accomplishing, but also being able to have happy, fulfilled lives and purposeful lives. Um, it it it's we can't just teach it we actually have to know it right and so um and one of the other sides of this is is the stress that teachers feel um and so i see the headspace app as being something that teachers can use for their own self care um and that that through that self care they can be better educators but then they can also be better at educating their students about their self care so um i would say you know really having it start um any any kind of positive education app, have it, having it start with a focus on how a teacher can create his or her own well-being, um, because that, that that directly translates to uh, positive outcomes for students. Absolutely, um, if you've got a happy, healthy teacher, it's a lot easier to create happy, healthy children. Um, so I would say teachers using it for themselves first. Um, and developing their own practices, and then they can then they can instruct their students with it. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't have to be perfect. Like I said, I started without being a regular meditator, at least taking mindfulness moments, um, and we did it together. So in some ways, jumping in with the kids. But there is something about practicing it with the kids. It's it, uh, being there, walking beside them all the way through, uh, that makes it even more valuable for everyone, for the, for teachers and for students. Uh-huh. I, I love that. I love um, teachers really starting with themselves um, and experiencing the benefit because teaching is an incredibly stressful job. Um, it's really hard to be an educator. There's so much responsibility involved and so many uh, worries these days with the risky behaviors kids are 
exhibiting and and trying out and and then just the stressors of um, academic achievement and and that can all kind of pile up and lead to unhappy stressed out teachers so really letting them have access to these tools for themselves I think makes so much sense as a first step and then and then once they experience the benefits you, you know they can then be teaching it and really having that um, connection with the students of, hey, I tried this, this works for me, and let's let's give you these tools too, so that you don't have to suffer and struggle, and you know you can you can learn some things that are going to help you. And like you mentioned, they they actually there's all this great research showing that all these things ultimately help with academic achievement. Going back to the research of Sean Aker, that um, there, he does has done a lot of research on how you know, creating the conditions for happiness um, or creating the conditions for flourishing are the best conditions. We learn more when we are happy. We learn more when we're in a state of flow. We learn more when we feel like there's a, 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 a purpose that we, that we have some agency involved in. So I think all of those things, um, when you can find ways to bridge that, um, uh, create the environment that says your well-being matters, um, and here are some tools to help create that well-being, and let's be happy together. Hey, and we can learn as a result. Um, they'll learn more. They'll own their learning in a, in a, a much deeper way when they're happy and engaged and well. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so you, I mean, I, I love hearing the story of both your daughter and your son, how with your daughter, you sort of, um, she first got engaged with um, the Headspace app through the animations and then really kind of took to the sleep app and has used that as part of her routine. And then your son had surgery and, and used the pain meditations. Um, so, but I'm just curious if you have any advice for um, parents on how they could incorporate Headspace into a positive parenting routine. I mean, for you, you, you it looks like you, you sort of took advantage of these moments when you saw your kids were open and willing to try. Well, I think that's exactly what I would say. You know, first is trying it for yourself. I mean, again, it's the same kind of paradigm. You know, a healthy parent makes for healthier children. Um, so trying it for yourself, but knowing your child and knowing when you have those opportunities, um, finding ways to, and opportunities to introduce it, not pushing it on it, you know, um, just like I wouldn't push it on my students, but to offer it as, you know, here's, here's something you could try. Um, and then, you know, depending on the age of your child, um, the animations might be just the key to helping clarify what it is that they want to do and what meditation is and how you do it and giving them the metaphors, too, of, um, to, for them to build their own mental picture of what it, what it means to meditate or what you're actually trying to accomplish um, through meditation. So I, I again, would Parents should try it for themselves and then just look for those opportunities by knowing their own child. That's great. Um, so is your daughter um, willing to talk to me for a minute? Um, Do you want to say something about your experience with Headspace? So basically, I use Headspace usually to go to sleep. And very rarely, sometimes I go on my tablet and I turn when I'm super frustrated, like I want to make this, but I don't know, and I'm super frustrated. I sometimes face and... Do you watch the videos then when you're super frustrated, or did you do the meditations? I do both. Do both? Wow. So, so for you, it's something that you use 
um, for sleep time, to help you go to bed. And then also when you feel frustrated, you found like, oh, wow, this is a really cool thing. I can open up on my tablet and I can watch a video or I can do a meditation and that helps you kind of feel less frustrated in the moment. Answer the question. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's basically all I can say. That is great. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot to say. <laughs> Very yeah, we're not being paid by Headspace for any of this, by the way. <laughs> I, I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. None of us are. <laughs> this is all just a testament to, you know, finding a great, a great positive, um, a great a great tool. Exactly. I absolutely love it. Well, um, Robin, thank you so much for talking to me today. Is there anything else you wanted to, to add before we go? No, I just really appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and I'm so excited about um, this new podcast and what you're doing. So good for you. And uh, I look forward to downloading the, the first few episodes <laughs> and listening. You. Great. Yeah, we're on the iTunes store now. So that's all, well, all legitimate. Here's to positive education <laughs> and helping affect some positive change. Yeah, great. Yes. Exactly. Onward and upward. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, you so much and have we'll a great rest soon. of your day. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Happy Tech Podcast. Have a great day.